0: I'm gonna sit perfectly still right now and not get any closer.
1: <laughs> sorry. So you got a little prop there, I'm, I'm, waving a little piece of oak tag around, I'm putting, thinking, oh, finally, I'm this, I'm the Millennia Gallagher." No, I'm, I'm, I'm I have the um, liner notes for meant to say carrot tops. You have the liner notes for, for oh, hold on to those for what we're talking yes. about later. But what I'm saying, tonight. yes,
0: but what I'm saying is I don't, I don't need them now, so I don't need to put them across my keyboard like I was about to do.
1: Now, are you saying that because you did your little prop bit, waving it around, and it didn't go like you planned? Or was it because it was accidentally <laughs> across your keyboard? I was putting it across. the I, I meant, meant to say-
0: No, you meant Gallagher. I meant Carrot yes, Top, but, you,
1: but I said Gallagher. Gallagher I think I had, works,
0: though. He uses props.
1: I don't think mm-hmm. he's working anymore. Who's going to a Gallagher show? Carrot Top plays Vegas every other hour. Well, I think he's like housed there. He probably shows up and goes, how is everybody doing? It's probably how he opens his act. Then I bet he pulls out like a, like a, like a, God, I can't think of a single prop. Oh, he probably pulls out a piece of vote tag, waves it in front of the microphone, and then he starts his show. Hey, everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Popcast, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. Hey, Tim. Yes, Bob.
0: We're living in the past. We're, we're, how far back in the past are we going to go today?
1: Oh Do, do you know? Do, well, we're not going to go very far into the future because we jumped right into it. Good job. Uh, good job. I do know. You mean like the, what we'll be talking about today? When yeah. The year of that? Uh, well, it was 1986, so what is it? That's 32 years. 32 years in the past. Oh, geez. Don't put, a, don't put a number on it. Just give me the year.
0: I don't need to know how long ago that was. 86 well, I... sounds like, you know, four or five weeks ago. Well, maybe months ago.
1: What's this? <laughs> what this is depression. What? This is
0: a little bit of age, oh, okay. ageism oh. depression.
1: This is real. I thought this... <laughs> God, it was a bit. No, when I was 32. Depression is not
0: a bit with you. Mm-hmm. I have I have been thirty two years old. For and, how long now? And for eleven years, and <laughs> like that was old to me, thirty two, and to to know well, that there is old. A, You're yes, right, but to know that there is a movie as old as, that I like, <laughs> as old as I once was. 11 years ago is just hard to fathom, which is it, weird to even say on this, our 700th episode, because it's all we've talked of our about. Of
1: nostalgia pop show. No, but I, I, I guess we've never addressed it that way. That's true. This measurement yeah. of time based on an age. Because, yeah, 32, when you're... Because well, in 1986, um, welcome, by the way, welcome everyone, <laughs> to, to, a, to a couple of depressed, old, ancient of days men... People, humans, uh, talking about the 80s. Uh, but welcome to the show. I'm going to do that, and then we'll get right back to what you're saying. Welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> Today on the show, we're doing our segment called Retro Shock, which ties into what Bob's saying. Because Retro Shock- I am is when we talk about- You are. And, yeah. But- not retroactively, like you're shocked in the moment. Uh, in the in moment, the But to hear
0: 32 years, it's. I Did just, that really strike you? I, I wasn't had said expecting 28, it. 28, well, Like you that... said, you usually don't put years on it, how old something is. Well, I think uh, we always put years on we put, something that's pretty tell. We put old years is. in, like, what year it, it was released 1986. Yes. To hear oh, 1986. but the counting of the numbers. But yes, to yeah. say that was 32 years ago um, mm-hmm. is not something we have done often on this show. And so to
1: hear that, because. Because I'm very excited to talk about our topic. Have we shared our topic? We haven't. And, and I'm, I'm surprised that you're excited because this isn't a, a, a topic that I'm that attached to. Oh. So wh- maybe you should, why don't you take the reins? Why don't you sure. quickly explain what a RetroShock is and then tell everyone what we're RetroShocking. Yes, yeah, so we, dumb, we, but, uh, okay.
0: our RetroShock episodes are when we talk about something from our youth, either our childhood um. youth or teen years of youth or college youth uh, that we haven't returned to in a while. And we talk about our memories of it, uh, what we think of it, if it's a happy memory, mm-hmm. sad memory, um, and then or bad memory. And then uh, we actually return to it. We take a break from recording. We go and watch, listen, or read. And then we come back and talk about, does it live up to what we thought it was? And Have we read week, anything?
1: We don't really do books on no, this No, but show, I thought I, I
0: would should. sound smart.
1: Say I uh-huh. read sometimes. Book smart. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which you don't. You don't read much. Not, you must read the backs of the DVDs I do. that we're watching. Backs of the deep. Well,
0: actually, lately I read the Netflix summaries.
1: Okay, it's fun. Yeah, you know, capsuleized reviews sometimes with an actor's name, oftentimes with a question like, "Can a <laughs> televised tool repair man and his <laughs> slightly political <laughs> wife raise three kids next to a faceless monster?" I don't know. <laughs> I, that's might be what's on Netflix. But uh but today on this particular show, yeah, what are we what are we So today we are going to what talk are we? about <laughs> <For> Jesus.
0: <laughs> We're going to talk about Flight of the Navigator.
1: Yeah, a Disney movie Flight of the Navigator from 1986 that. I mean, I've seen it. Something is intriguing about it, but you uh, uh, you, we haven't done any Disney movies. Were Disney movies a big thing for you to see growing up? No, or you they, a Disney they fan, weren't. Disney, Disney didn't kid? become
0: a thing for me until um, my teen years in high school when Aladdin
1: came really? out. Yeah. You, so you didn't watch like the Disney uh, Sunday night movie not on ABC? Often. I mean, I stuff. have. Really? That was a ritual at our house. Did you have Disney books? Like the characters? Did you did you like the yeah, Disney characters? Yeah, I was characters? aware I mean, of it's a big name. Disney,
0: I was aware of
1: it, but yeah. it wasn't a ritual. We didn't watch it every Sunday night. Um, okay. It was if- a ritual. We would slice the unworthy across the, r- the wrist, bleed it on a pair of red <laughs> suspenders, sit there, take, we would skin their ears, place them atop our head, and we would sit there and watch as Michael <laughs> Eisner introduced that week's segment of Mr. Boogity or whatever <laughs> fucking program they were they were showing. Mr. Boogity, that's, that's a real thing. It is. That's a real Disney uh, Sunday night movie. Maybe we should be doing Mr. Boogie. I remember that. I have. Oh, you do. I remember the name. Well, there was a Bride of Boogie. There were two, but but I think we're maybe getting off topic. If I I just Disney was a big presence in my childhood, but it was through books, it was through cartoons. But in terms of big screen films, Disney on the big screen—that's not what we went to the movies for, right? But Flight of the Navigator, so that's a Disney movie, and you seem very fond of it. I guess yes. you seem uh, uh, a bit, 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 of a fan.
0: I have in my retro uh, memory of Flight of the Navigator. Um, I have retro memory. What? Is yeah, it the I don't know. I'm trying to just t- <laughs> tie it back that into the topic. But um, no, I watched. I didn't see. I didn't see Flight of the Navigator in the theater. I didn't know Flight of the Navigator existed when I first saw it. I just, oh, really? Yes. This is another one of those movies that I saw at The Babysitter we've talked about, where she just put the older kids in front of the TV and they could watch whatever they wanted to on
1: Cinemax. They could have watched Flight of the Nads again. That's
0: what we watch um, sometimes.
1: Cinemax.
0: Um, and so that's how I discovered Flight of the Navigator. It might have been on HBO. I'm not sure. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't see it at the beginning. could have been on that Disney channel. It could have been, but I don't think they had that okay but here's real quick though this is why flight of the navigator means something to me i saw it kind of at the beginning but not from the beginning and i didn't get to see the end and i thought it was pretty cool and so the next time i was at that babysitter i like sought it out like i i asked if she could check the schedule and 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 find it so I found it again, but we were too late. So I was just seeing another part of it, not the whole thing. And then eventually that summer, I was able to actually sit and watch the, the entire movie. Um, and so for me, it was this strange, weird, interesting movie, which if you don't mind me, can I t- Say a little bit about it at this point, or did you have? Yeah, actually, please do because
1: I, I don't know if this is a big movie for it. Sounds like it is for you. I don't know if this is a movie a lot of people know. So please, just, uh, say a little bit of what the movie's about, but then follow through on this because it sounds like this movie was a bit of a hunt for you. Yeah, that,
0: a, and, and, and I think
1: that's why it's it's stuck with me. Um,
0: so I'll, I'll tell it I'll tell it the way that I saw it. So basically, it's like the first time I see it, um, it's a boy in a spaceship. And a human boy in a spaceship and he's got some aliens on mm-hmm. the spaceship and it's this cool silver bullet type of spaceship that's just going light speed. Well, I don't think it was light speed. It was just booking across fields and, and uh, on the earth. And, and that's like my first memory of this movie. And I don't remember much else from that first viewing. and But just that image was like, holy cow, what is going on? And so when I got to seek it out again, I got to see that uh, the boy was uh, abducted. Basically, he goes missing, and mm-hmm. he ends up on this spaceship. And I can't quite remember why. I know that the alien needed help and was like going from planet to planet, trying to get other aliens or creatures to do something. And the alien that's in control—and it's not even an alien. It's—I think it's like a computer guy, like a, an onboard computer that has like a little face that comes down or a little eye thing that comes down and talks like to a, the boy.
1: A mechanical eye on a stalk, like yeah. a metal stalk um, and a voice. Do you know who voices the ship, don't you? Uh, you know, the, the, the famous comedian who voiced the, 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 the craft. I,
0: I don't know for sure. I, I'll guess Robin Williams.
1: Oh Well, not a bad guess. Uh, Paul Rubens, uh, oh, okay. Pee Wee Herman, of Pee Wee Herman fame, was a voice in the voice of a Navigator. It would have been the year after Pee Wee's Big Adventure. But I'm sorry, keep going. So you're saying the movie you know, there's the kid gets abducted by an yeah. alien because the alien needs help. And so
0: the second viewing, again, I came in after it started. In the second viewing, holy shit, he gets returned home and his whole family is like 30 years older. He's still a boy, and all of his family is uh, Nine older.
1: years older, but yeah, nine years older. This is older, the
0: memory okay. I have. They were at least 30, 35 okay, years sorry. older. Okay, I'm sorry. And so again, <laughs> I don't have the full story. I don't have any idea what's going on, and I still can't see the ending. So uh, I believe it was the third time, third time's the charm. I got to actually sit down and watch it from beginning to end, and thought it was just the coolest thing. And again, it it, it is one of those types of movies that I've talked about like before, where a, a child or a person who is... Unsure of what they're getting involved in, unskilled about uh, what's at stake, and still they have to find a way to figure it out and and get through that adventure. I always like those kinds of movies, and that this was one of them. Well, it Sounds like the perfect kid. Yeah, movies Yeah, I thought you. it was yeah. great. Um, do I remember much more? Is it a good movie? I don't know those things. Um, but my memory so you of it. You've gone back to it. You I have not gone back it to it. Um, I've been very. I've been pressing
1: my kids to watch it with me, and they always say no.
0: And I try to explain it in fun ways. that pressure
1: never seems to work out. Forcing things on on, on children doesn't work out. Um, Something I'm curious about, that experience of just randomly encountering part of a movie and seeing part of a movie and having to hunt it down, but not knowing the full thing. I mean, is that an experience you still have? Is that something that might still happen to you now? Yeah, that happens uh, now. I don't usually seek out...
0: um, the movie to see it there hasn't been oftentimes where i've i've run into that and been like i gotta watch that movie usually it's like what the fuck are we watching and it's usually my wife and i like in bed trying to find something to watch as we try and fall asleep and we get to some weird random uh over the airwave station that is showing some old random movie and we're both like oh wait a minute that's a young robert downey jr and that's an old Ozzy davis and what is this movie what's going on um and so that happens, but never something that that's completely new and I gotta figure out what this movie is. That
1: hasn't happened lately. The 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 experience of, of 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 you know just stumbling across something and being drawn into that isn't is something that as a kid happened all the time. Why wouldn't it? Because you're just open to it, but also because I think growing up yeah, like you said, you had to ask your babysitter or this particular babysitter to hopefully wash your hands first, and then flip through the TV guide and and find when is this on, what is this yeah. like that experience of not quite <clears throat> knowing what's on TV is it kind of eludes me now because one we have the, the the channel guide, two you can look up titles, and three most of the stuff I watch, I watch retroactively. Again, it's it's it happens. I'm sure it does happen. But it's a rare instance where I'm flipping around and I'll catch something that's partway through and I'll stay with it. I'll be like, oh, this is great. I got to go back. Yeah. Like I need, like we always say, or I always say, and I think you agree. And if not, please challenge me. We're completists. So if I'm going to watch something, unless I've seen it before, I got to see it from start to end. And I think it closes off one way of viewing things. That experience, like not knowing anything about Flight of the Navigator as a kid, and you see this kid in a ship, that would be exciting. I don't think we live in an age that often where you can come across something you didn't know existed. It might be like you're saying, where it's an actor. You're like, who is this actor? I've had that happen, like Tom Hiddleston was in some vampire movie that I flipped by. And I stayed in that for a bit. And I guess that's the closest it comes to. But yeah, I, I do miss... And I think video stores was the last, having a video store, not owning, but to go into was maybe the last time I experienced this where you can, where you're inundated with, you know, just titles and a limited way of really knowing what it's about. And you have to take a risk. You have to grab it from the shelf to bring it home. And I think back then, I don't know if it was a risk, but you come across something like this, you know, on cable, Flight of the Navigator on cable, and you sit down and you watch it and you're giving, you're devoting your time. You're throwing yourself in, and and you know maybe you're not as obsessed of what's on all the other channels because you can't tell. You're just you're watching this program, and I that's a great way to experience something. And I think it's a foreign way to do it now. Like I don't get to do that as much. I don't get to stumble across things. And there's probably ways to do it. There's probably plenty of ways to do it, but but I don't. And I, and I miss that. I miss that discovery of something.
0: Yeah, it's hard too because as a kid you're not. You're not in tune to the the, the pop culture world as, as as adults, as as people like you and I that seek this stuff out. You know what's premiering. You know what's you know, coming up. Um, you, you know where the shows have buzz, what shows have buzz. So it's not like there's suddenly going to be – I think I
1: knew some of that growing up. I knew what a well, fall season was. I knew what the summer movies I'm were. i at,
0: at maybe like – what was I in 86? I was uh, 12. Um, I don't know if I did at 12 and, and, and that age excuse me um but it's not like you're going to be surprised that so and so suddenly has a new show or something and then even you were talking about video stores you might say netflix or hulu or one of the streaming uh, services is similar because you can just sort of randomly look at at pictures and then read a synopsis but there's really no risk because if you start watching it and you're not into it you just flip it off and go find something else
1: uh you're not out three bucks and and that's that's not a bad thing. I'm not putting that down. It's just it's a different experience. And I think my mind has shifted into that experience where I don't really test the waters on something anymore. Mm. It's rare for me to watch a movie for a bit and then decide, oh, I'm not going to watch this. Yeah. I'm going to stick with it or I'm not going to turn it on. But Flight in the Navigator, I mean, I knew the movie existed. So, yeah, I wanted to get back to that. How did you come across it and, and what's your memory of it? Well, I remember the commercials for it. I remember, I think it was the summer, but I I do remember it coming out. And, you know, the title was exciting. I loved UFOs, so the look of the ship looked exciting, but I didn't know enough about it. Um, The movie, it's about a kid in the 70s who gets abducted by a UFO and gets dropped back off on Earth 10 years later by this UFO. So there's this weird time jump thing. It's about the UFO being found by uh, this a government agency led by Howard Hessman. So there was this crashed saucer angle to it. And it had Sarah Jessica Parker as someone working at a science facility who brings this kid Transformer toys to play with. So I like that <laughs> too. So there was a lot in this movie to like. I saw it because something that would happen... As kids, you know, our elementary school had a very big uh, auditorium, gymnasium auditorium. And so maybe it was one Friday every month. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a fundraiser, or just something they did. They would show on a big screen a movie, you know, Friday night that kids could come oh, nice. to you and get your popcorn, you get your soda, and you watch it. And they were always Disney movies. I think for a while there were what I would have thought were older Disney movies. You know, The Swiss Family Robinson, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the computer wore tennis shoes. Uh, Kurt Russell wore tennis shoes. Whatever the movies are, it would be one of those. And then I think, you know, then I, I just remember they got this, you know, Flight of Navigator played. So we went and we saw that. And I saw that on a big screen, I think. I think that's the memory I had. But it wasn't a movie I was thinking about. Like, you know, I remembered it the summer before. It seemed exciting. And then I just forgot about it. And then we were just brought to it. That's the other thing. As a kid, you were just brought to yeah. shit. Put in front of it. You're going to watch Sword in the Stone. You're going to watch Ray Bulger, but not the Ray Bulger you want to watch, some other Ray Bulger movie. You're going to watch something that someone else has decided for you. And most of the time, I would find a way to like that. And my memory of Flight of the Navigator is sort of that memory. Like, I don't think I necessarily liked the movie, but I found the things in the movie to like. Sarah Jessica Parker. Transformer toys, crashed UFO mystery. But, I, I mean, I wasn't excited for this movie. I have not gone back to see the movie since it came out. I mainly remember it because, to tie it to the beginning again, there's a clip of it on the opening credits to the Disney Sunday night movie. Ah. I think The Ship Flies By yeah. or something. And I think another thing is when the movie was coming out, they probably did a little behind-the-scenes thing before it came out. So I knew of it. It was tied into Disney. It's a Disney yeah. thing, but much like Tron much like the black cauldron that's how I experienced it as a clip as part of this credit sequence so the movie itself I I remember the plot of it but I don't have an opinion on this movie really yeah and that's the th- I don't have an opinion
0: either I, I mean my experience is more about the search for it my my memory of it is is more about figuring out the mystery of the movie um, I don't remember if it's a Good, mo- I mean, I liked it enough to want to keep watching it, to keep going back to it. So it must be – I must have thought it was good, but I don't remember if it's good.
1: – So good memory, bad memory on this? What would you call it? I'd, I'd call it a good memory. Okay. All right. I mean, I guess I, I'm going to say good memory as well, you know, with the caveat that it's a good memory because I sat through it. Again, it didn't <laughs> resonate with me. I never talked about the movie much but i I think i enjoyed it i don't know if this is going to be a dull episode because i don't know what we're diving (laughs) into with this but let's go check it out let's uh, go watch flight and navigator um and when we come back let's hopefully have at least a few minutes of something to say that's an endorsement to come back after this musical break everyone Movie opens up with what well, opens up with a nice fake out. To be honest, it opens up with a frisbee. Yeah, there's a few fake outs in the. D- there's actually a, we want to skip over dogs and talk about that because I actually I enjoyed, I actually enjoyed the start of this movie. I'll say that right now. I didn't think I was going to. I enjoyed the That's, first. Aside from the frisbee catching dogs well that's the thing we see a lot of frisbee catching dogs at the beginning yeah so to some rock song i suppose it's set (laughs) in florida Mm -hmm. which would have been a weird setting to me even then it did not look like a place i mean this is you know it's a movie about a family two parents and their two kids who live in florida and just watching it now i'm like i think i remember that not making sense to me did what? not look like the where I lived. It did not. It looked gross. It looked. I didn't know they're at a festival. They're at a frisbee festival for dogs. <laughs> is that what
0: it is? A frisbee festival for dogs? I think
1: so because the it's dogs. No one's
0: participating. It's not a we, dog show. It's not a a dog competition with frisbees, but
1: a frisbee festival for dogs. Um, well, that's who's parta- <laughs> Like we don't see anybody throwing the frisbees. We just see you do eventually. You- do you? Is it one of the dogs? Is it whipping it it's, around? It's himself? another dog. Yeah, they're whipping it with the tail. I just, I, I guess this was. I, I remember when I saw this movie. I saw it. I saw it on a big screen in the school gymnasium. I remember the audience applauding the shit out of these dogs. <laughs> People were cheering every time a dog caught one. If a dog missed it, it'd be like, oh. But everyone was, was crazy for this sport, this Air Bud-like but that was, sport of dogs catching Frisbees
0: that's a, for an that's entire the, two
1: minutes. That's
0: the mood of your of that night, though. Wasn't that like a, a fundraising sort of thing you were saying? I can't recall exactly. Exactly. Oh, when we were like s-
1: a- screening the movie, it yeah. was just uh, yeah, it was yeah I don't know it was people I guess it was some rinky dink town that I grew up in, who was surprised to see sports on the <laughs> big screen. But, but I don't know, no, I just yeah. that as an opening, that like wouldn't it wouldn't has- happen if you had seen it in a th- in a movie theater. I don't but I I would saw hope a group. Not. But it's just the, the whole idea of this dogs jumping, dogs catching frisbees. I mean, are you a fan of the Air Bud movies? No, not at all. I'm not a fan dogs of Dogs playing sports?
0: There's there's some dog movies I like. I don't mind hotel don't for know. dogs. My kids have been watching that recently. That's, yeah, I really that's like cute, dogs. I guess. I mean if
1: they have a job, maybe, you know, like yeah. a German Shepherd or, or uh, the one that has the barrel around its neck. Canine. You like canine? Turner and Hooch? That, uh the the Jim Belushi canine? Yeah. Do you know
0: there's like 14 Jim Belushi canine movies?
1: Is the same dog in all of them?
0: Uh, probably the same character of that oh, dog. but they
1: recast them. Yeah. Yeah, like you did in The Jerk 2, but it's not Steve Martin. Oh. Is Jim Belushi in all the canine Yeah, movies? Jim Belushi hits all 14 of them. Wow. When these all went direct to your house? I mean, I don't <laughs> remember these coming out. He's
0: he's actually putting on a, 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 a canine play down the street here. Um, um no, I think the, the one bark second show. one it went to the theaters. K911? Yeah, Would that, that Maybe
1: one. the name, because it looks like a two? And then the rest sort is of- Is that what it's called? K911? One of them is
0: K911, yes.
1: See, if they went up to 14, they blew it, because that should have been <laughs> K911. But the dog's in this movie, the opening of this movie. <laughs> yeah, this one. Because you do. You get a Frisbee, a little fake-out Frisbee, because we're going into it knowing it's a UFO movie. And I like that. That, Like you said, there's a couple of fake-outs, and I really enjoyed those, because those, to me, felt like that, as a kid, is what I can relate to. Yeah. The idea of the Frisbee in the air and catching that photo. There's a pretty creepy blimp shadow. Mm-hmm. Like, And this is like where the filmmaker is playing with you. Yeah. The filmmaker knows you know this is a UFO movie, not Hotel for Dogs playing Frisbee with Jim Belushi. So- during it, you see the shadow kind of fall over, and everybody kind of looks skyward. And again, it's aimed at kids because that would be a very dull reveal in an adult movie. You're like, oh, here's the ship, <laughs> but they and they all look up, and it's a blimp. And blimps, by the way, to me in 1986, blimps scary, pretty scary things. I'd never seen a blimp. The idea of a blimp, this big craft in the sky, is scary. So that's kind of a nice fake out. There's my favorite one because I've had this very thing happen to me. He's walking in the woods and he looks up to the trees and you see what looks like one of the George Damsky ships from the 50s, one of those old kind of UFOs. And he walks a little further and it's a water tower. Mm. It's like a metal water tower in these spokes. It's just how the trees fell. You didn't see the legs. And like that's actually a legitimate jump scare to me in the movie. I loved that. Again, because it's – right there is a kind of a smart director in this kid's movie, this actually kind of dark, really well set up start to a legitimate sci-fi – kid movie, I think. Yeah. I mean, the the whole,
0: I don't know, first 30 to 40 minutes, I thought, was pretty damn engaging. Like, I was right there with it. And my uh, uh, my daughter came out uh, during that opening. Like, they didn't want to watch the movie. I asked them to watch it. Um, so I watched it after they went to bed, but she came out to use the restroom and came into the, the front room and was enthralled. I can't remember exactly what scene, what was happening, but she saw that the boy was in trouble or upset, and she wanted to know what was going to happen. Um, and now, then it did started she know to get it was a taking little place scary. Place in the seventies? No, does that get didn't. Scary. Yeah, that didn't. Uh, that wasn't obvious to her, um, and I, she didn't stick around to see the time travel reveal. Um, but yeah, it started to get scary, and she was like, "You know what? No, I'm going to go to bed." And I'm like, "Okay, maybe we'll watch it in the morning." And uh, they ended up not watching it, but uh, yeah, it is engaging and a little frightening especially at the as, beginning. As, yeah,
1: it's a kid movie when they're setting it up. Yeah. And when they're not really showing you anything yet. This is actually a movie that builds its entire 1970s segment, the first 15-20 minutes of the movie, on the knowledge that you know a little bit of what the movie's about. Yeah. You know this kid's going to get on a spaceship. You know. And I, again, I don't this movie was made, wasn't made by Disney, it was bought and distributed by Disney. So I don't know what the initial filmmaker how they thought it was going to be promoted but as a Disney movie you know what you're seeing you're seeing the posters of the kid on the ship you're seeing the ship in the commercials the special effects so these these opening 15 minutes are very I don't know it's just it's very indie film in a way I was really mm. engrossed in this and and I was thinking while watching it you know I guess maybe like ET but knowing that this movie was bought up by Disney, like you can actually tell, this doesn't feel like a Disney movie throughout. There's swearing in it. There's kids in a little more peril than normal. They think the kid dies. <laughs> like yeah. legi- there's a legitimate sad kind of he's dead kind of thing. Yeah, like it, it does feel like a more adult movie. There's a swearing. There's him and his brother go back and forth at it, you know calling each other scuzz bucket and things that I don't think would normally show up in a Disney movie. But I just I. So I'll get to that in a minute, but just to finish this thought, I like that this movie starts off really playing you, playing off of you, and again, not showing you anything. Yeah. And I found that very fulfilling because when you finally do see the ship, when you do see this silver clamshell, seamless Roswell-looking, a little bit of the movie, heavy metal appearing kind of spaceship, the first time you see it, I think it's crashed.
0: Is that right? Uh, yes. It's it, under it, a tarp or it, something? It was, no, I don't, I don't think it was under a tarp yet. Well, maybe it was. But yeah, it had sort of crashed, um, t- took out some power lines or something and it was crashed and, and, uh, some regular Joe schmo was there on the ground. I believe and, his name is Howard Hessman. No, no, no. I'm talking about just the first people that saw it. Oh. Okay. And then Howard Hessman, the government guy, shows up. Yes.
1: Um, and, uh. The NASA guy is he from? I NASA? I guess he's from NASA. Yeah, it's it's a very. Uh, Can NASA declare martial law the way he does? I don't in this movie? think so. No. No. There's right? very no.
0: there's some aspects of that that are very you know m- movie magic. Just just things that needed to happen that made it seem you know tense and and uh, uh, a lot of high pressure situations. But yeah, it was still very cool and and you're seeing it. And then you're also seeing, like, little bits of reveals about what it can do, what it does. I really liked when they were curious about how they were going to move it. And the guy the guy that first saw it says to Howard Espin, it's like, oh, that's that's going to be no problem. And he goes over and he just kind of touches it lightly and it floats in that direction. You know, it's just sort of neat. And, like, for me, the first time seeing that, like you're saying, with all these reveals and tricks it was just really cool and interesting. It's like, what is inside that? What's going to be next? Why is it floating? How can it float?
1: Yeah, it's it's a really good start to this movie. And it's 1986, just to put this into some context, because... What you're seeing there is the Roswell story, the UFO crash at Roswell, the ship they found that was supposedly shaped very similar to this, was supposedly very light to the touch, didn't have any noticeable entrances or seams, like all of these things. As a kid watching this, so I must have known the Roswell's story at that point from Unsolved Mysteries or something, that's there. You know, this might have been the first thing I ever saw where I'm like, oh, that's like that story, even though there I think there may have been movies prior to that that had come out. So this is kind of playing off a particular era of the 80s and time. Do you up and basically the storyline, which I think we talked about in the first half, so we don't have to go over it, is like he does our main character whose name I've already forgot, very forgettable child with a striped shirt. Yeah. Encounters the spaceship in 1976, gets sucked aboard it or something, wakes up in the woods disoriented, ship flies off or something, no, no, no. wanders We're, home.
0: That's even more than they show in the movie. Basically, he falls down into a ditch um, looking for his dog.
1: Mm-hmm. And His name's like, what's uh, the dog's name? He's got like a <laughs> Smasher or something, I think. Sure. Chomp. And,
0: Chompers? No, I I wrote it down. That's
1: what I'm trying to remember. But okay, that's this is clearly important. I'm sorry, what were you saying?
0: Well, but but like you don't even see the ship. He uh, he was looking for his brother to bring him home from his friends or whatever. Uh, His brother kind of scares him, uh, which was another you know kind of jump cut. Was that an alien? No, it's just his brother. His brother starts that
1: that maybe jump. Yeah,
0: his brother runs off home. He's got to kind of get the dog, and I guess the dog went down into a, a. gully or something and he fell down into it and there's a bit of a jump cut and he sort of wakes up down at the bottom like we're not sure if he's waking up or if he just fell and he's getting up but there's a jump cut and because i know the movie i I noticed this and i I don't know if i ever noticed it before um but the jump cut involves a sound cut too so there's crickets and there's just this wind or whatever and then when it cuts that there's no cricket noise there's no extra wind noise um, and so knowing that we've now jumped ahead in time, because I knew that, I'm like, oh, that's exactly where that happens. So now- yeah, It's
1: very Close Encounters-like and very UFO Abduction lore-like. This, but yeah.
0: Only because we know the movie. <clears throat> because that moment, they try and mask that, they try and hide that. Um, just like
1: he fell and then he got up and then he starts heading home. And oh, his, but they're not trying to hide it if the sound cut. Well, they put that- think, They didn't- I think Accidentally it, catch no cricket. No, no, no. That's
0: what I'm saying. It's like it's not as obvious uh, as he gets sucked up by uh, a UFO and the UFO flies off. We don't see any of that. It's just this weird jump cut with the sound cut. And then he walks back the same path. The The route home looks just like the route there. <clears throat> and then we only start to realize we're, we've changed time, that something's going on when he gets to his house and it's locked and he can't get in. And when he does get in... It's this older couple that lives there now. A very understanding
1: older couple. Yeah. They wanted, <laughs> kind of as this kid screaming. And a very terrifying scene. You're right. It's it's, it's different than Back to feature Future 2 a little bit, which has a similar scene of you know not being the time you thought it is that you're walking in. But yeah, it's not his house. Those aren't his parents. He's freaking out yeah. when he sees this. He's screaming. They're actually... Because we know, like you're saying, knowing what's going on, they're kind, but it's actually kind of creepy. They try to corner him. They say, "Can we help you?" It's legitimately terrifying. Yeah. This, 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 this storyline. This, this, and 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 eventually, it turns out. Yeah, he finds out he's in 1986. So I think he's jumped ahead seven years, eight years, because I think it's from 78 to 86. He gets in touch. His parents still live in the town. They live in a different house, I guess, and they yeah. thought he was dead. That's the thing. You find out he was reported missing and dead. Yep. They never thought they'd see him again. No. And he shows up alive and having not aged. And you're seeing everyone's reaction to this. And it's fucking unnerving. He gets taken by some, I forget what, but some scientists strap him to a gurney. And there's a scary kind of jump cuts there when he's on the gurney, kind of in and out of consciousness. It's, it's, yeah, it's scary. I mean, watching that, do you think it's a kid's movie? Did it still feel like a kid's movie to you? Yeah, I mean, I think it still felt like a kid's movie to me. I mean, um,
0: it was the kind of stuff that that was how I would play. Um, if, if I were to play Alien Abduction, this is how I would play it. You know, it's like there would be a gurney and there would be in and out of consciousness and there would be a police car and, and sitting in the back of it. And it all felt...
1: Safe. Wait, that's how, as a kid, you would have you would have played it, UFO it, maybe abduction. Maybe I
0: would have, yeah. But it, it was all sort of scary, safe. You know, it's like yes. Um, I don't
1: think it's safe at all. This but, is what I'm saying. Like how I would like, have played but alien I, abduction is but the But I mean, like you're movie. saying,
0: the couple, it's a kid's movie because he goes into the house and it's a couple that is understanding and wants to help him. It's not like he yeah, goes so, into no, the you're house. Right. It, it is a kid's and, movie. It's just, and it's like a, a, now it's a drug den and the hookers are there. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that, like, that's not,
1: I wasn't saying or suggesting that that's not what's happening. No, that's not. <laughs> but no, you're right. And it is a kid's movie. You're right. I mean, I'm saying like it plays like a different kid's movie.
0: Yeah, maybe it's kids' movies in the
1: 80s were like this. It's a little darker, though.
0: Yeah, it's definitely uh, got a darkness to it. And I, I I, mean, the scary part for me, especially as a kid, was how aged and beaten down his parents looked.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, their actual appearance? Yeah.
0: Like, like they were just young and youthful in the opening. And then now, it's like, like for me, I've always been affected by that. Because it's like, their life has has turned to hell since they lost their kid. And hey, I can... you,
1: you watch Clifty Young get the life squeezed out of him. Yeah. Which he never recovers from. Can anything you nope. ever see Clifty Young on? <laughs> that's what he looks like. <laughs> no, I find it interesting. Like, I, again, I loved I loved the movie up to this point. Up to this you point. Know, while watching it. but probably a little past it. I, I want to look at what you were saying, which, like, as a kid, if you were to play Alien Abduction, that's what you would have done. I feel like where this movie goes because eventually you know the, the story keeps going he gets taken to NASA they find out he has weird star maps in his brain because computers can do that yeah. I guess <laughs> movie magic Um, movie magic and he happens to be I don't know if he's at the same part of NASA where the crashed ship is found or if the ship seeks him out like it turns out he's he got returned to 86, 1986 because the ship crashed that's why they're both there Yeah. And, and eventually as the story goes and it's easy to figure out if you're thinking well what is this movie about he, he comes across the saucer he escapes NASA's clutches, and he gets on board this flying saucer. No, hold on! Encounters. You're skipping over. You're skipping over Ralph.
0: Yeah. Are we going to talk was. about Ralph at all? Well, why don't you? Uh, Ralph stands for the robotic assistant labor facilitator. Is that what that stands for? Yeah, I wrote that
1: down, Tim. Yes. Okay, because I have Ralph written down, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, it's like a yeah it, assistant. So just a cl- labor facilitator. He gets taken to a lab. Our, our main character, whose name I wish I had written down because I didn't, gets taken to a lab where he's going to have to live with Sarah Jessica Parker working as a nurse. Yes. Or, and a kickback or, toy. Yeah, and she's like an intern her. or something. I don't know what yeah. it is. Oh, Bruiser was the dog's name, by the way. <laughs> bruiser. Because I had her written under Sarah Jessica Parker for some reason. But yeah, so I'm sorry. So, so the Robotic Assisted Living Facilitator. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Ralph. Um, yeah, no, it's just one of those things that really wouldn't exist, doesn't need to exist. And if it did exist, it wouldn't look like what it looks like. It's Here's the thing
1: you say it doesn't exist. We have, like, you can go to a restaurant. No. And when I they're know, clearing I'm, the tables, they have a push cart that you can take things off of, put things on. You, you can have a cabinet. push cart? Well, that's basic. Ralph is basically a box on wheels, right? Yeah, box that on transports wheels. Transports things around. Yeah. Like it, it for
0: mail. Like there's a slot for mail that you would put it in, and this this giant box on wheels just somehow knows
1: what to do with that. If Disney had made this movie from the get go, that would have been a cute robot. It would have had right. saucer-looking like eyeballs or, or satellite antenna or something. Like it would have been something. This legitimately is a box that you can drive around with a remote control. Like an upside down recycle bin yeah, that we're supposed to laugh at, that has a name, and that has possibly some of the lowest stakes chase sequence <laughs> footage I've ever seen in the movie. Because ultimately, the main character, again, whose name I wish I had written down. David. When he goes, is it David? It's David. Okay. So David wants to escape eventually. So he hops inside Ralph. He opens a little access panel, right? And crawls inside yeah. Ralph. And drives across an airfield, basically. <laughs>
0: for again, is probably longer than the uh, uh, frisbee dog
1: sequence. It's a very lengthy, yes, very lengthy uh, sequence. Um, I had, it wrote down. I see, I wrote down Robert escape theme. Is Robert his name? I don't think so. Is okay, and I don't remember how the theme went. I assume it was guitar. But yeah, it's a very it's just this is where the movie starts to lose me because it's boring. This actually is legitimately boring. Yep. <laughs> there's no effects, there's a box that's motorized. And again, if it that should have been a character. Because you're right. Does that thing really exist? Probably not. It doesn't have a need to exist. Right. So if you're gonna put something in the movie, do like they did in space camping, give us a fucking robot, you know? Give it a voice. Well, I regret that. I say give it a voice. <laughs> We do get something with a voice because ultimately, what David or Robert um, does is he comes across the crashed ship. I think they've been communicating, maybe. Yeah, it sort of the, calls
0: the, 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 to him. He has headaches okay. or whatever, and and he knows that he can see out his window the hangar where it's where it is, where he's getting this, which vibe is creepy. From. Like yeah.
1: it looks creepy when it's just hovering there and he approaches it and it kind of opens up and it creates these poorly animated liquid steps right <laughs> like which watching this movie i it's they're bad blue screen effects but i had kind of forgotten what liquid metal looked like before cgi it looked like this i probably enjoyed this effect as a kid sure oh it was very cool as a
0: kid these like little teardrops coming down and forming solid steps that was cool
1: And he crawls up those steps, yeah, and he enters the ship, and he's greeted by, again, this eyeball on a stalk um, who starts talking to him, and that's when this movie (laughs) loses me. Yeah. And it's weird because as a kid, this is what I would play as alien abduction, because the kid gets on the ship— the kid interacts with this alien life, which he names Max. It's this eyeball stalk again on the Trimerian drone ship, I believe is what the ship is called. Okay, um, which made me wonder: is the ship is the ship a creature? Like, is it a planet of ships, or is this just a computer that's built by? Like, I don't know who built this. Right. I don't know what the race looks like who pilots it, but there are controls for, for David or Robert or whatever his name is. Yeah. Maybe it says robot escape theme. Maybe that's why I think it's auto-corrected to Robert because I mistyped it. But but this kind of getting on the ship, talking to this eyeball that like, talks back to him and, and kind of being in control of the situation. Because he's startled by the eye stalk, but he quickly gets over that. Yeah. And he's able to escape and outrun the adults because the adults are coming in to try to stop him and and we see the ship move. And it's again, it's the last exciting moment of the film is that. When you kind of get to see what can the ship do. Yeah. That's how I would have played like that's probably the part of the movie as a kid I enjoyed. Sure. I probably didn't like everything that led up to it till we saw the fucking Decepticons in his room. (laughs) The toys, not actual Decepticons. Yeah, that's a. Different so it's part. odd to me though that you're saying as a kid you liked the actual conspiratorial, realistic approach. I you to know this that real that world part. Adventure.
0: Yeah, that part always was my uh, f- more you know favorite thing, and I like that in all sorts of stories where I, I like the build-up part often more than the reveal part. Um, it's because sometimes when you get to the reveal, you get something like this that just doesn't quite live up to
1: everything that's come before it. Is that what it is, or is it because the stakes kind of drop once you get on the ship? Sure, because you know maybe it's what you're saying. You know what's going on. The yeah. ship talks to him. The, sh- the ship calls the kid the navigator. I don't quite understand why does this kid have to fly him?
0: Yeah, it's um,
1: other than the title of the movie. It,
0: yeah, well, I the 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 space maps that NASA found uh, in his head.
1: Were put In David there, Roberts' head.
0: Yeah, we're put there by this ship or the controller of the ship. And when he crashed, he lost that information. And so the he ship needed did. the ship, did. And so he needed the boy again to get all those maps back
1: um, so he could oh, get home. Is that, that's explained. It must be because at the some point, I, yeah, it's I, I mentioned. I missed that. Yeah. Okay. And, well, then that's enough, I guess. Yeah.
0: And, and see, I still kind of enjoyed. Uh, some of the the spaceship stuff up until you know cuz i thought it was cool too to to learn what the whole purpose was like his purpose was to go from planet to planet and collect specimens study them and then return them
1: that part's important cuz it's still kidnapping but it's kidnapping <laughs> yes. and, and but returning return them I guess. you
0: know uh, back in time to the moment where they took them so and you get
1: to see them those are some nice those yeah, that some of them are okay puppets.
0: Yeah, that was interesting to see, but again, this is where, like you are pointing out, the whole tone of the movie changes. It goes from this mystery sci fi what's going on? What are these maps? What is this vehicle? To you know, almost a, a slapsticky, kind of ridiculous chase away from NASA. And it's not even really a chase, it's like they fly and hide somewhere, and then. He has to get out and go to the bathroom at one point. You know, yeah, it just becomes
1: it's, silly. It's very brief, too. I remember this part of the movie as being much longer. This is maybe like, 20 yeah. minutes of the film. It's it's like the last – it's the, this quick ending. Like the, the lead up um, is like the majority of the movie. Um, so it is. it is – it's strange how – And then, yeah, you hit the part where I'm pretty sure the director said, just run with it, Paul Rubens. <laughs> yes. Cause Paul Rubens' voice is the eye, and initially, he's this very mechanical, you know, authoritative sounding thing that keeps. I have to say, I got tired of the word compliant, yeah, very quickly. Compliance, I think we're supposed to really enjoy that, that that's his sort of response to any command, yeah. Um. But then all of a sudden he becomes Rekgar from you know one of the junkions because he <laughs> infiltrates TV and he starts just quoting little random quips here and there as a way of interacting well, with I think, uh, David Roberts. I think
0: um, – and again, it's been over a month since I watched it. But I think that's when he had to go into his brain to pull out the maps. He took a bit of the boy's personality. I think that's when it sort of switched over and
1: he got a little loopy. And it's annoying. Like, I think as a oh, kid, so I found that annoying. funny. I remember the scene where they go to use the bathroom. I remember him telling the fat shaming that poor guy who works there with the ship saying, Hey, porco, too many Twinkies. I remembered all of that. <laughs> that stuff as a kid that I liked. And yet this time around, it was intolerable. Yeah. Like you're saying, it has been a while since we watched this. Maybe you can help me out. I'm looking over my notes here. I know the gist of this, but I don't remember exactly what. I have a little phrase here that wrote, Beach Boys sequence is shit awful. <laughs> oh, my God. Do they, do they sing a Beach Boys song or do yeah, they play
0: it? He, he, like, plays the radio and they, they sing the song. <clears throat> the The kid is now, like, comfortable in the driver's seat. And so they're, they're Cause singing. Because he's the navigator. Because he's the navigator. And, yeah, they're singing along and. I feel like he was eating snacks and just flying with his feet. Awful. I don't know. It was just That ridiculous. is awful.
1: Yeah. That's awful. And then you know what the most boring part is? The most boring part of this entire movie? Anytime they're fucking flying around. <laughs> I found that – again, I remember yeah. these effects as a kid as being like the speeder bikes in Return of the Jedi. You know, or the opening credits of Back to the Future, too, even just zooming through the clouds and zooming over water, having a ship cut in and out. And it's really not no. much of that. It's just pretty pretty much a straight – I think the main effect was just that
0: reflective mirror. So it's like just –
1: Which is a good effect. Yeah, let's fly I mean, that, low I, to the
0: ground. You can see it reflecting in the in the ship and we'll just go in a straight line very
1: fast. And that part is fun. I like how it gets to the point when it goes faster, but it's just like you have a ship that can go anywhere in the world and it goes to a bathroom. It goes to an American bathroom, probably one state outside of Florida. They probably even say, I don't remember, but I'm just like, if you're just going to give us visuals, turn it into like a nature documentary or something. Take <laughs> us up to, to I'm going to say up to Antarctica. Take us down to Antarctica. Take us to the Soviet Union. Take us to Germany. Take us somewhere to see, not all of that is nature, but whatever. I just like... I, I'm just trying to think, like, what was the original gist of it? Because there's no real villain, like we I think we yeah. said earlier. No one's – they're trying to get the kid and the ship back, but somewhat understandably because the kid has been missing, came back when the ship came back and is missing again. I'm not saying they're doing it the right way because you should never imprison a kid against their will. They do want to study him. Maybe if he was at the lab longer, Howard Hessman would have cut him and studied his brain. I don't know. So I get that, and I get that peril, but – the movie itself is very anticlimactic. Yeah. And I just wonder, do you think there was a different movie? Because it's definitely going in a different direction until you hit the ki- – the re- and again, it is a kid's movie. It's kid. It's a kid movie from the start. But it's a great dark kid movie like, like Cloak and Dagger or because you were mentioning it before the show, The Monster Squad. These are movies aimed at kids – or gremlins, Jesus yeah. – movies aimed at kids that are just creepy. And this movie was creepy. And it's just – I don't know if it was the Disney mandate, if that's when they came in to fund it. I don't know what the split was. But this is a very – this is two movies poorly taped together, I think.
0: I agree. Yeah. I mean, I i don't know for sure if, if that happened. But it seems like something along the lines, uh, they had to switch it up. They was like, oh, we, we need a happier ending. Yeah, who knows what
1: the original ending might have been in this story. But how um, do you remember this? You were saying in the first half, you remember seeing this in pieces. Right. Which again is how we're kind of experiencing it now. Do you remember these later ha- the later half of the film? Like again, I find it very interesting that the way you would have played at 13 or whatever, 12, I forget how old you were, um, when would, would have been the first half of this movie. Do you remember the second half? Do you remember liking this part as a kid? The part I think you're supposed to like as a kid?
0: I, you know, the the part that I didn't remember as much I mean, I knew he became comfortable in the ship, but I didn't remember it being so obnoxious. Like you're saying, I might have enjoyed it as a kid, and so it didn't rub me the wrong way. But I do remember there was some tension, and it just didn't work this time around. But I felt like there was tension with the fact that could he travel back through time again? That was like the main Yeah, there's goal. a very
1: last minute – or maybe not last minute, but a very contrived piece of science in our Flight of the Navigator movie. Which is like he can't travel back in time, or he's not supposed to be able to travel back in time. There's something about the idea of to get him home puts everyone at risk. Yeah. Which is kind of a selfish act, because it puts everyone at risk. All the creatures on the ship, the ship, David Roberts, (laughs) like – and it's kind of like – it's not – his family is helping him, right? I think at the end, his family's helping him escape. So they're maybe all for this. There's something with fireworks and his dumbass brother yeah. who swears and tells him not to take any shit from anyone. I remember that line <laughs> for the first time I saw. It. There's your PG. But I'm just like, it's, I don't know, why not strand the kid in the 80s, you know, or why not have more of the spills? You got to get him home for a safe ending, and you can still do that. It's nice to go home, blah, blah, blah. But it just seems like. It's not evenly balanced. You know, we we see it, you know, the, the obvious comparison, back to the future. We go and we see back to the future, which in some ways you can draw some comparisons to, you know, out of your own time, everyone else is a different age, but you, it's a risk to get back to your own time, but you got to do it. You know, there's, that's a similar storyline. Back to the future, we like it because there's some investment with seeing people at two different ages. Like mm-hmm. you had said, kind of with the parents, you were a little like, oh, that's horrifying what <laughs> Clifty Young became. So that's there. Yeah. But show David Roberts struggle with that. Then you know, Back to the Future, which again unfair to compare them. They're very different movies. Both with an Alan Silvestri score, one of which is memorable, <laughs> the other which is similar to the Beach Boy sequence. Shit, awful. <laughs> um, but I, I don't. know. I feel like something is is missing in the purpose of having him travel through time. Like he doesn't even really. He's not really that put off by the eighties. And maybe it's because it's seven years (laughs) so what has changed people dye their hair uh starsky and hutch isn't on tv robots named what was his fucking name ralph ralph exists like, the jump itself isn't that much, but we don't even really see him struggle with the world. It's not like he has to use a, a push-button phone or a VCR. It's kind of like in this idea of a time travel movie. The reason this is genre of time travel is probably fun for kids and adults is because of things like that. You're playing around with, um, what's it called when something of one era is in the other one that's not supposed to be? What's that word?
0: Oh, yeah, there's a word for that. Um...
1: Oh my god! Yeah. I've done this before. This is probably so obvious too, and I can't think of it.
0: As soon as you start to try and think of it, it's just
1: never. I'm like, I come can't just type in an anachronism. Yes, an anachronism. Yes. anachronistic. So anac- anachronis- anachronisms or anachronistic aspects of these stories. And honestly, in this movie, you get the one you get in a lot of movies. I think you get a different flavor of Coke new coke or cherry (laughs) coke like that's consistently how hollywood in the 80s depicted time travel i'm just like this movie i don't think maybe the time jump wasn't enough i don't know what it is but just it doesn't give us any reason to have him in the future other than the very scary storyline of this kid was missing for this long like that's a good storyline go back with that but As a kid, I wouldn't have been interested in that, which wouldn't have made this a kid movie. But again, you would have. You're telling me that was the interesting story. Like, where do you think that could have gone? What would have made 11-year-old you really love this movie?
0: In regards to the time travel aspect?
1: Just a story, because you're saying, yeah. like, if you were to play Alien Abduction, you would have done the first half. Yeah. You would have I, done the mysterious I, what, part. Like, wouldn't shouldn't there have been more of it? Like, maybe he had to hunt his family down, or maybe he had to yeah. convince his family, the, or... Uh, yeah, there, there
0: should have been... You're right. Yeah, there should have been more to that. Um, he probably shouldn't have so quickly... Because yeah, as, soon as, as soon as he shows up at that... Uh, at his house and he's got the two older people there helping him they get the police involved the police find his parents quickly um nasa shows up really quickly after that it just all happened so so fast martial law declaring NASA. yeah they, they take the fascist kid. nasa they, they haven't seen their kid in six years and they're like yeah okay go ahead and take him for a weekend um right that's weird yeah right? uh so yeah it does seem like that, it would have been better if the boy had to kind of figure it all out on his
1: own as opposed to having Sarah Jessica Parker help him out. And how much do you need the spaceship at that point? How much does this story need the spaceship as an integral element of its storytelling given the version you're, you're kind of you, presenting? I think
0: you still need it because I think it being a kid's movie, I think it does need to end with him being back in his own – his original time.
1: Well, how much of the hilarious Paul Rubens do you? That you don't that, like. That I don't think. With, you could have is done that for, a, a That's for kids, right? Well, that's that's the there kids solely part, for kids that's, that's the
0: part where, like, I think we're, we're hinting that Disney got involved and was like, "No, we gotta, we gotta
1: goof this up a little." But goofy did you like this that? Up. Goofy the, a goofy movie this up. Yeah. Did you like that? Maybe you already said. I'm sorry if I'm forgetting. Did you? like that ship character as a kid did you find it funny do you remember it um i did not
0: care i i I liked it initially i did not i don't remember it i really don't remember it and that's what i was saying like i i know that he got on the ship i remember there being the other alien specimens i thought that part was cool I thought the design of the ship one was of which cool. he takes
1: back with him to the past, which seems like that's breaking some law. Oh, yeah, I guess it's set it up that right. that creature's planet was destroyed or let's, something. Let's have a why.
0: sequel and have that thing grow to be, you know, Godzilla size. Well, I think I had not that
1: thought, but I think I definitely had a thought of: is there more because of that? As a kid, I think yeah. I thought, oh, there could be a follow-up, and there sure. could have been. There could have easily have been a follow-up that he comes back or something. I. You know, because there's, there's a little bit of the "it was only a dream" angle, except that there's not, because he has that little alien, and because he sincerely misses the ship. That's the thing. There's the the, the part in the '80s takes place over maybe two days, six hours of which are when he gets in the ship and flies off. He has a the, David Roberts has a very tearful farewell <laughs> to the ship yeah. that he's been inside of for six hours. Yeah, like he's bawling his eyes out as he's saying goodbye. You know what this reminds he, me of?
0: Mm. Now that it just popped in my head, and I think we've talked about this before. Do you remember the movie Explorers?
1: I've never seen it awake. I've been in the room asleep while it played, but I do know of it, yes. <laughs>
0: um, it's it's very similar, actually, and I'm wondering which one came first. Uh, Explorers be- came out in 85. Okay, so, the year so I wonder this. if this is playing off of, of that a little bit, or if they, they use that idea, because Explorers – my favorite part of Explorers is the lead-up, this this mystery of, of of all this information they're getting to build a ship that will go into space, um, and then when they finally get to space, they basically meet a similar creature who is just pop culture referencing and is annoying as hell, and this was just <laughs> a waste of time and technology, um, so. I guess are they, you a
1: fan of Explorers? I can't really oh tell. Oh,
0: my God. I loved Explorers as a kid. Oh, really? Loved it. And again, it's a similar situation of it being like the first 45 minutes are the coolest thing of these kids. Oh, there's, there's more kids. All right. It's a group yeah, of kids. Yeah, it's a group of kids. One. Um, I th- Ethan Hawke is one of them. I think River Phoenix is one.
1: I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, And then I think <clears> uh, what's his name from Next Generation maybe? Will we uh Wesley Crusher, isn't he one of them? Am I wrong I on don't that? No. I, I could be very
0: wrong. Yeah, on that. but but just these kids kind of getting together and trying to figure out this information they're they're getting in their dreams, and it actually turns into something and they're able to build uh, a ship from junk in the junkyard, it's just so cool to me. And then they are on Earth and testing it and everything. But when they go to space, at the time as a kid, I th- probably enjoyed it, but I watch it again, you know, in my 30s, 20s or 30s, and it was just like, wow, this is this ending is so hard to watch and get through. It's just ridiculous. Did you still like the the lead up? Oh yeah, I still like the adult? lead up. I thought the yeah. lead up. I mean, it was probably slower paced than I remember it. Um,
1: mm-hmm. when I rewatched it, but but, this, but these are similar movies. I guess you're saying Explorers sounds like that might be the superior of the two.
0: Um, I'm not sure. Oh, I, maybe
1: we would have to watch it again to see. Um, because well, something I would is. wonder. Something with explorers, like explorers, you have a group of kids. So there's three or four kids you can play off of who are actively building the scene to get into space. So it's the kid's story, kid's angle. And again, it's a group, they're doing this together. So there's a the friendship bond. Flight of the Navigator, and to use it as an example that I watched a lot as a child, Back to the Future, you have one kid you know, who's kind of in it themselves and are thrown in it, and don't actually have an active hand in getting to that story. Flight of Navigator kid is just walking his dog to Torius, or whatever the dog's name was, Bruiser, I think, and gets sucked up and dropped off. And and then, you know, eventually he gets assigned the mantle of Navigator. But he isn't actively doing anything to put himself into this scenario. Back to the Future, arguably, is kind of the same thing. I mean, Marty gets in the car to drive away <laughs> as right. a coward, basically. <laughs> but he everything comes to him. He didn't build the time machine. He doesn't know how it works. Doc is pushing him into that, and then he's just, he needs help out of the 80s. Ultimately, he does do some things, which is maybe why we like that character more. But I guess, uh, just curious, like, as a kid, do you think you would prefer movies where it was a single individual that you were relating to, or did you like these group movies, like Explorers?
0: Uh, I probably liked the group movies more
1: as a kid. Um, Really? Yeah. Like the teams or whatever?
0: Yeah, I kind of leaned towards the teams and and the, the gang getting together to... To figure something out.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. Cause I mean I because I think there's something there maybe. And and I don't know, we should get back to finishing up talking about Flight of Navigator as disappointing as it was, but <laughs> I, I think do think there's there's two things going on there that I think are worth thinking. I mean, like, you know, for comics, yeah, I read The X Men, so that's a team book. But I think a lot of the characters I really liked and related to were either Couples that were flirting, you know, the one Harry met Sally is anything but love. Even as a kid, I think that was there. Han Solo and Leia, although they're kind of a team, so they're out. But I don't know. I think I liked the idea of being, if I was to play act like Back to the Future, as the sole person there. The sole person in that adventure. And I think I would... So this movie seems like it would almost be built for me. Again, it's got UFO references up, up, up the Roswell at the beginning. You know, it's amazing how... Many images that chooses for UFOs sparked something in me. And it's a kid being abducted and having to deal with a world that has changed. Even though we don't see it that much, like all of that would have appealed to me now at least. But as a kid, didn't care for it. And this movie, ah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like this this movie is not a good reality to me. I I, I don't care for this movie. I thought I did when we started talking, but now I'm like, nah. This movie misses out on something because it squanders a great story premise. Yeah. And it doesn't give us anything to be excited about after that premise
0: I agree I agree uh you it's do. uh yeah because it's 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 unfortunate how a bad twenty minutes at the end can can just topple the the concept of a film because yeah it was a it was a neat idea um and they I guess it's something they've talked about re, remaking retelling really uh yeah. Does this movie have a following? I I can't imagine that it doesn't, because it seems like everything from our youth has a following uh, of various sizes. Um, And perhaps
1: it's because... Because there's no Mr. Boogity reboot coming.
0: Oh, you know what? Google it. I'm sure you'll see.
1: Somebody is working on that. All right. I would say, listeners, if, if any of you are fans of this movie, I th- I more than other stuff we've talked about, I would actually love to hear from people who grew up loving this movie or, or people who have fond memories. Just because, again, it was a not a blank canvas to me, but it's not something everyone went back to. It was a very faint memory. And honestly, watching it this time, it's got a lot of elements that would have made sense to me to like back then. So, yeah, if... If you're of a certain age, whatever age that is, and you grew up watching this movie, drop us a line. Drop us a line at 20popcast.com on the pop talk section or reach out to us on Facebook or something. Because I'd be curious. I I would like to hear about that. I hope they do. You hope they fill in that blank space there (laughs) as well. We could tighten that, fix that in post. And post and post because that's where we're going now because this is the end of the show. Then we then we put music on it. Then we tighten it up. Sometimes we re-record <laughs> gags. Maybe we'll change the title of the movie we talked about. We could recast but I think the prefer- co-host. Oh shit! Yeah, I guess you could. Who would you want? Who would you want to co-host with if it wasn't me? I'm talking about me. I would be recast. You're the host. I'm the co-host. That's yeah, how I see who it. Would you? Who who who, who would you re- recast? Uh, as you as me. No, as me, you'd be doing the show with. Because um, Linda Cardellini is probably who I would want to be opposite with during would, this show. That would
0: make sense. Uh, For I, me, I, uh, yeah.
1: Michael Keaton. You're no Linda Cardellini, but you're Michael Keaton. Oh, I'm no Michael Keaton. Fuck. Oh, wow. Um, Alex P. Keaton, maybe? Yep. Actually, what if it was Alex P. Keaton and Michael Keaton? Because I know they have conflicting politics. That would be a show. Be I'd watch that. I would listen to it or I'd watch the screen cap of it while the audio played. But this show's audio, if you liked this show's audio and, and, and you want to hear more of it, visit 20popcast.com. That's the main website for this show, listeners. Um, it always has the most recent episodes streaming as well as links to all of our past episodes. But also, also on this site, if you like this show and you want to get a different episode of it, a you know, new episode every Thursday, why don't you subscribe? Subscribe to the show. That really helps. I know we put it up on Facebook I know we put up different ways, but if you go directly to a podcast catcher, as they're called, um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, whatnot, and subscribe to the show there, you'll always get a new episode. You won't miss one. Plus, that helps us kind of... uh build a bit of an audience. And also, if however you listen to podcasts gives you this option to leave a little review, to give us a little rating, we would appreciate that too. What you like about the show, what you don't, whatever it is. Because that, that one, it helps us. Two, it helps our ego. And three, it kind of helps us in the rankings. While you're there, you can also see the links to all of us on, on, on the various social medias that we do. You can follow me on Twitter at Subcultist and on Instagram at Subcultist as well. Bob, you're at 20 podcastcom too. What are some of the those links
0: uh yeah you can link to me on twitter at rh canning um i also have a Wait, link to you or follow you they can link to my twitter through the 20 podcast and follow oh. me on twitter at
1: rh canning <laughs> okay i'm sorry that's that makes sense <laughs> yeah.
0: um and also found at 20 podcast.com are links to my uh music blog where i'm Uh, talking about mixtapes that uh, I've saved over the years, going back through those as chronologically as I am able to, and uh, my webcomic, My Exaggerated Life at uh, WordPress. It's exaggeratedlife.wordpress.com. But you can find the link at uh, 20podcast.com.
1: As chronologically? Is that using the word right? Is that the right use? I was saying as chronologically as possible. That's what I'm saying, is that how that word's used I think as so as chronologically as cryogenically as possible chronologically because cryogenically
0: no they're not Brr. frozen tips
1: no we they, no they're not but they could be if they were cryogenically treated true or maybe they would survive it if they were cryogenically treated but yeah no that's that's good right
0: yes I think but so
1: yes I, I think so um we'll be back next week <laughs> but this <laughs> week um this is how it went fuck what happened there what just happened? Well, I don't know. What's you had really to well? you had
0: to say something about the chronological order of my mixtape. I, I was judgmental. Yeah.
1: right. It backfired. That didn't need to happen. No, being a prick just backfired for the first time. <laughs> first wow. Time. What am I gonna sound like next week? <laughs> Thank you, universe. That was a fine lesson. Fine lesson.
0: Hey, I got a text.
1: All right. All right. I can. I can. I can sit through that. It's not like no I can way. see you. I've just got a microphone hooked up, and I thought it'd be fun to do this. But yeah, if you want to read your text, it and was, maybe write back. No, no, I'm good. It was just a, It was an answer to a previously text question. So, <laughs> Was it I'm, like, yep, they still sell ice cream and stuff like that? <laughs> or was it WTLMNOP? No, it was or, just a, geez, can you believe this dolt on the news? It was just the letter Y. Mm-hmm. Was it who's... Th- the Last Man? Was that your question?
0: <laughs> no.